And as you said right at the beginning of this, you're resisting what is. When you resist what is, you're in stress. Well, my mentor used to tell me uh, that in the context of firewalking, you know, (laughs) (laughs) there's the, you know, the other side of the firewalk is where you want to put your focus, you know, on the things that you want. You want happy feet, you know, on the other side of the firewalk. And the firewalk itself is like any challenge in life. As soon as you set your intent for the other side of that challenge, then, the ch- then everything that's in the way shows up. So, you know, you set the intent, I want a love relationship that's super supportive and you have a really clear vision of that. As soon as you set the clear intent, everything that's in the way shows up because the universe is like, sure, you can have it when you're aligned correctly. Yeah, so skills, not pills movement is my first movement in the world that spirit invited me to to bring and really the purpose of it is not to shame people you know for taking the pills it's to create awareness it's to create awareness that we've got it we've developed a mentality that says I can take a pill and get and forget about this problem and not really mm-hmm. deal with it mm-hmm. that can be an easy solution to mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. and that I don't have to be uncomfortable mm-hmm. and the message from the guides is in fact that is um, obstructing progress on this planet Mm -hmm. because people are not feeling have you ever been on those pills you don't you know you take um anti-anxiety anti-depression medication Mm -hmm. it's almost like it puts a glass wall between you and the rest of the world so you're not able to feel at the level that would require be required if you were going to be you know in oneness for example it puts you in a place of separation. It puts mm-hmm. you in a place behind a glass wall where you feel alone and separate and where you're really alone and separate from your own self, from your own feelings, from your own experience. You got to accentuate the positive. Wow, I feel good. A little bit of feel good goes a long way. You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just bad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? Hello and welcome back to Accentuate the Positive with Karen Swain. So great you're joining us again. Today, I have a beautiful woman to introduce to you. Her name is Kerry Hummingford, bird energy, beautiful bird energy. She's an award-winning author and inspirational speaker, soul healer and shamanic healer, soul guide, I should say, and shamanic healer. She also has a podcast show called The Soul Nectar Show, which she interviewed me on a couple of months ago, which is a beautiful show. She puts on all sorts of amazing inspirational people and of course like many of the podcasters that are out there in the world like me she is also one of them welcome to the show Kerry thank you so much I really appreciate being here at such a fortuitous time look you know we're in where are we we're the end of February we're like are we the first of March today I think we're the last day in February now okay the last day for you first of March for me so it's the morning of the first of March here in Australia it's the last day of February for you and it's been 2018 has been a really interesting ride hasn't it 
So my guide said to me last year, hold, I love the way my guides speak to me. I think it's because I have a good sense of humor. They speak to me in the same way. Hold on to your hats, kids. You're in for a wild ride. So meaning this year was not going to be easy. It was going to be definitely a roller coaster ride, not a smooth ride. And I think we've all experienced that so far. How about you? Yes, we absolutely have. I know I have. I know that everyone I've talked to has. I've spoken with many different people who are in the awakening process uh, or are already sort of really along the journey. And they, they all say the same thing. This has been a very challenging year so far. I mean, some people said, um, my internet says it's unstable, but some people said last year was challenging. And uh, that's when, you know, lots of people were complaining about, oh, I'll be so pleased when this year's over. And that's when my guide said, you'll be pleased when this year's older. Hold on to your hats, kids, wait for next year. But um, so, you know, it's only going to get more because we're being asked, as you said, you know, we've just had a conversation before I record, press the recording. What do we want to talk about? And you said, well, the message that I keep getting from my guides, which is why I'm launching the Skills Not Pills movement, is it's time for skills. It's time for every person to put feet on the street, so to speak, be sovereign, and step into personal responsibility. And out of this idea that there's like an easy button, that you're just going to push the easy button or pop the pill and you're going to get better. You're going to go for a healing session and it's all going to get better and fixed for you. This is, we're done with that part now. The part now is every person learns how to hold themselves in spiritual integrity and, you know, look at life in a whole new way through a whole new lens. This is that time. And if you're attached to the way you've been living, then the cage is going to rattle. It's going to rattle and it's going to be rattling pretty hard. The cage has definitely been rattling and, and um, it, it, as you say, it's rattling even harder this year. And uh, I think that, you know, this easy street, sorry, I'm just adjusting this. I think that this easy street is attainable, but as you say, we have to take complete personal responsibility. So if we're indulging in BS, whether it's like BS about someone in our lives, our boss, our lover, our mother, our father, our, you know, whatever, or about ourselves, if we're not in integrity with ourselves, if we're not looking at life through the eyes of source, then it's going to be hard, really hard. It's just going to get harder. But it's easy when you do take that responsibility and when the proverbial shit does hit the fan, you can say, that's okay. I can still enjoy my life. I'm still here. I can still accentuate the positive. I can see the silver lining. I can see the gift. I can learn the lesson. You know, that actually is easy street because it's a lot easier to feel good than it is to feel bad. I don't know if anyone's been feeling bad lately. feels like, you know, it doesn't feel good to feel bad, but it's not easy feeling bad. You know, it's uh, feeling bad. What does that really mean? That just means that you're in resistance to what is. You're resisting the alignment that's happening for you. You're resisting the realignment. So I'll just share briefly, you know, about how lots of people resist the realignment, right? And myself included, all of us do. We have things that we're really attached to. Yeah. So I, I have an 18-year-old son. We could probably end the conversation right there. <laughs> 
but we won't. So I have an 18 year old son and he's very independent. I've been a single mom for maybe uh, six to seven years. And during that time, he got very independent because I'm a single mom and entrepreneur and I'm, you know, I've been very busy, like keeping the lights on at this house. So he, you know, children in that scenario, they get very independent fast. And now I'm remarried. I just got remarried in June of 2017. So it's not even been a year and we've been integrating families. And so you can imagine, just imagine the integration of energies, you know, a new man is in the house. He's a, the man of the house, no longer the 18 year old. And the 18 year old's like, I'm off on my journey. You know, like I want to be free. I don't want to be under anyone's thumb because I haven't had to do that. And I don't want to do that. And so there was only one rule, you know, and I'm not really going to say what it is right here at this moment, but there was one rule and he couldn't follow it. He kept breaking it and trying to hide that he was breaking it, but like, it's okay. Cause I'm sneaking about it. Right. Like it's all right. I can, I can break that rule because if you don't know that I'm breaking it, then it's not really breaking it. And when I was a single mom, I would have said, okay. When I was a single mom, I was in a place of vulnerability. Like, you know, maybe I don't have to be all the way with integrity. <laughs> maybe I could just look over this and pretend I don't see it. And many of us do that in our lives. We say, well, is it really that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things? Can I just ignore this? And in this moment, you know, last week, standing in my place of the ascension process and feeling into what is right inside of me and what's right for him and what's right for me and what's right for the family, it occurred to me, you've outgrown this house. You're ready to really flex your muscles and spread your wings and make the decisions. And that's not compatible with this house because there's other beings that live here. You know, there's a, there's a we, there's an us happening here. And it was, it was a very uh, heart-centered way that we made that decision, that I made that decision, and he understood it at the time. But that's a hard thing to do. You know, that's a hard thing for a lot of people to do is stand in that place of integrity and say, nope, that's the rule. You know, and, and to look long-term, for me, it's about sort of, I just learned this new skill from Ellen Tad. Have you ever heard of Ellen Tad? She wrote, she wrote this great book about um, the wisdom of your chakras. And she says like the really, a really good tool is to look through a situation through your third eye. So like go up to your third eye and like look through the window of your third eye into the situation. And I think I naturally do that, but I just intentionally did it. And I, I saw what I, what I knew in that moment, I saw it much more clearly, which is that we've got to be thinking, we've got to be aligning ourselves with truth with the truth of the moment and acting from truth always and trusting spirit that as we have the clear knowing, we have the clear guidance and we act on that, that that is serving a purpose that's necessary. And it may not be convenient for us in the moment, right? Emotionally convenient or mentally convenient. It might not be convenient, but it's necessary for all kinds of reasons that we can't from our small little place that we're standing even fathom. And so for me, I had this glimpse of when I looked through my third eye, and even before that, I said, this is important for his development. He needs to know that there's a boundary and he needs to step into manhood. And because of who he is and how independent he is, 
he needs to do it in this way. Bam. <laughs> not how I want to do it at all. Yeah. It's not easy that transitioning. You know, a friend of mine interviewed her on the show last year is putting a book together called A Thousand Ripples. And she's putting it together specifically for children transitioning to adults for that age where you might be 12, 13, 14, 15, 20, 21, 26, 32. You know, like when you're transitioning from being dependent on someone to now being independent, both mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically. I think one of the hardest things to do is to, you know, and, and women find this too when they've been financially dependent on a man or emotionally dependent on a man and they break up, is to find that independence, to find that strength within, that power within. Like, I don't need mum to feed me or, or pay the bills. I can do it for myself. And to find that confidence. Maybe you want to write for the book because she's looking, she's asking a thousand authors and I think she's got about six or seven or 800. So she's looking for a few more, <laughs> a couple of hundred more uh, to write, you know, and she has different categories. I wrote about mother daughter cause that's my experience. And, uh, and I wrote about what I've been experiencing lately. Maybe you'd like to write about it too. Cause I think that children in that stage of life, it's such a confusing stage of life. You know, when I hear that your son is doing something, you told me what it was, He's just saying, I want my freedom. Exactly. He's and it doesn't saying, matter I that he's got do, all the other freedom. He's saying, I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it. And that's the cry of the adolescence. You know, don't tell me what to do. I want to do what I want to do. And I'm looking, I'm looking to feel good. And this is making me feel good. And we say, that's not the way you should feel good. And they say, F off. That's the way I want to do it. You know, and like, that's the conversation, right? With adolescents. Yeah. And, that is um, the conversation. Yeah. And so you've know, given him his freedom. Because I gave him his freedom. I said, okay, go for it. <laughs> yeah. You'll figure it out, you know. And then he found a very soft landy place and, you know. The thing is, you know, I'm a coach, okay? I'm a mentor and a coach, and I'm that way because of my own journey of pulling myself out of difficult spots that weren't serving me, like being a victim on the triangle of disempowerment. That did not serve me. It felt like it served me. It felt at the time like, oh, it serves me to be a victim because then somebody else is responsible for everything that happened. Yeah. But in fact, it doesn't serve you. It holds you up from everything good in your life. And I had to learn that lesson the hard way. Because rescuers are really actually controllers in disguise. They'll rescue you because they'll tell you how you don't know how to live the right way. It's a very, it's, it's an, it seems so easy to be rescued, but yet it is actually not. I had yeah. to learn that the hard way and I'm seeing him now stepping into that phase where it looks like he needs to learn the same lesson. Yeah, we've all got, look, my daughter's 26 and you know, she, her teenage years, she was pretty independent. Her teenage years were, uh, she, see, she sees them differently to me, but I thought they were joyous. But she's had her dark night of the soul in her mid-20s. And it came through relationship. It came through, you know, job and injury and all sorts of challenges that she's had. And she struggled through the last couple of years. And she seems to have seen the light in the last um, month or so, really. and 
she's just loving her life where she was hating her life before. It's not easy to watch your children struggle. It's really not. But that is, that is where the juice is. That's, you know, the challenges that we go through, as much as we hate them when we're going through them, they teach us so much about who we are, what we're capable of, who we are. Because, you know, when we live in a feathered nest, when everything's cushy, we don't know what we're capable of. We just don't know. We can only see it inside challenge. You, can you know, and that strength inside challenge. That's really an epidemic because that feathered nest, what is that? That is our whole society of entitled youth that think that, you know, that everything should be handed. And this is, you know, I really feel that this is at least a problem in the United States of, you know, everybody gets a trophy. <laughs> <laughs> everybody gets a trophy and nobody has to work too hard. And, and at the same time we have double standards, you know, because we work all the time. Yeah. So I think the worth ethic in the States is really like work hard, work hard, work hard. If you, if you listen to any success, anybody, they will always say, I attribute it to my hard work. And I actually don't agree with it. I actually agree with the um, millennials thinking everything can be handed because everything can be handed, but you have to align your energy. You know, it's not, it's not handed to you when you're like, I hate my this and I hate my that and this is pissing me off and that, you know, it's just, you know, it's not going to be handed to you. But when you align energy, everything's handed to you. Fifth dimensional energy is when you just align energy and things come to you. You don't even need to go out and get them anymore. You know, you see the gurus sitting on the couch and people kissing their feet and they're fed and money comes in and just everything happens. It just all comes to you. It's all handed to you. But they're in a vibration that allows that. And the lesson for any of us is that everything can be handed to you, literally handed to you, but you have to meet that vibration. And that's where the work is. You know, being, being bounced around by the challenges of life and going, I hate this and I hate this and this is wrong. And as you said right at the beginning of this, you're resisting what is. When you resist what is, you're in stress. Well, my mentor used to tell me uh, that in the context of firewalking, you know, <laughs> there's the, you know, the other side of the firewalk is where you want to put your focus, you know, on the things that you want. You want happy feet, you know, on the other side of the firewalk. And the firewalk itself is like any challenge in life. The, as soon as you set your intent for the other side of that challenge, then, the ch then everything that's in the way shows up. So, you know, you set the intent, I want a love relationship that's super supportive and you have a really clear vision of that. As soon as you set the clear intent, everything that's in the way shows up because the universe is like, sure, you can have it when you're aligned correctly. Absolutely. But so if listen, you... Let's if, get into your story because um, I've introduced you, but people really don't know who you they are. They don't know who I am. Here we are having a rave. And we, could, we could rave like this all day. Oh, man. But um, let's hear about what, you know, what you went through to become Carrie Hummingbird, the soul sage, soul mentor, shamanic <laughs> radio podcast host of the Soul Nectar Show. Well, kind of like when you, when you crawl through the mud, you get, you get the right to say, I, this is how I crawled through the mud. <laughs> this is the short version. You know, I <laughs> I had a lot of challenges. They started right up early. You know, they started when I came right out of, popped out, boom, challenges, you know. Um, zero to five, lots of challenges. My natural stepfather was already sexually molesting me at one. 
um, moved in with my second, my first stepfather right after that, because he was the solution to get away from the, from the natural father. And he was a violent drunk. So I witnessed many nights hiding in my room with my mother with the door locked and the dresser pushed against it and terrified and witnessed her practically being thrown from a third story balcony, you know, scary stuff for Mm -hmm. someone that's so little. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is that, you know, we know now from psychology that everything that you experience from zero to five is how your brain now thinks the world is. So your brain can really try to recreate all those scenarios for you. So regardless of the fact that from five years on, five years old on, I had an excellent father. Like my mother remarried. I actually found him first. He was hanging out on the steps of our apartment complex. That's so cute. <laughs> A little and five-year-old I, goes and like, hello. <laughs> he's like, you looked like you were a ghost child. Like you, you were terrified. You were just looking at me like, here's another one of these grown-ups. <laughs> you know, like this person can't be trusted. Wow. But he, uh, he then he saw me at a party later on with my mom, and he's like, oh. And then he had this connection. He had this. My dad was a really old soul. He really knew. He knew in his being. You know, when he knew things, he knew them. And uh, he taught me a lot. So a lot of what I am, a lot of this stuff that I like to do now, the talking and the Soul Nectar show and all of these kind of conversations is really a lot inspired because of my dad. Um, Love having those conversations. So he guided me through my life. And if it had only just been for my dad, I'd really have no excuse for all the havoc that I wreaked in my life around about 38. (laughs) I'd have no excuse for that. But luckily for me, <laughs> I can claim, I can claim innocence. Uh, I had, I just, I destroyed my life. I burned down the forest of my life, just like Kali. Like Kali came along, things weren't working. I, I was working on myself consistently my whole life. Going to psychotherapy, that's what they told you to do. Let's you just know. explain who Kali is for people who are like, who's Kali? So Kali is a, a, a Hindu god who's the goddess, goddess of destruction. So that's goddess who Kali of destruction and renewal. I want to say that too. And renewal. So round. yeah, you burned <laughs> down the forest of your life. I love that. Just like Burned down the forest of my life. And, you know, it really was because I had spent, most of my life in psychotherapy trying to figure out what's wrong with me because that was a solution, right? Like go to psychotherapy. You're, you're too emotional. You're too sensitive. You take everything personally. There's something wrong with you. Yeah. So go, go to psychotherapy and, and fix it so that we can stand to be around you, you know, your family. (laughs) And so I did, I just, I was like, Oh, it must be my fault. You know, it's always seemed like it was my fault since I showed up. So I did that. It didn't work. And it got worse and worse and worse. And then the diagnoses started, you know, and then the pills started. Right. And right about the time I had kids, you know, I had postpartum depression. I saw like a gaping hole in the floor in the shower. I thought I was going to fall into the pit of hell. Like I saw this vision right. and I thought, well, I need to get some help. <laughs> this is not a way to raise a kid. So I ended up getting medication at that point and going into, going into even more intensive psychotherapy. The upshot of it is like none of that really served me beyond learning how to navigate thought tunnels. Like I'm really good at navigating thought tunnels now. So I know how to get all around in them. Explain to people that are listening what a thought tunnel is. Like what's a thought tunnel? Thought tunnels are the thoughts that start and hook your attention. And then they bring you and you can start to notice your energy going down inside 
that tunnel. And then pretty soon you're, you're sort of in here looking down and you're not even present with any of the world around you. You're just completely in here mm -hmm. trying to figure out the solution to the thoughts that won't match and won't align. They don't make sense and there's no solution. And you're like looking for the way to fix it, to solve it, to figure it out. There is no solution. People get lost their whole lives down in there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I, you know, I was doing that. I was losing my whole life trapped in thought tunnels. Right. So I, I eventually I, left psychotherapy. I left my marriage and I left psychotherapy and I said, I'm, I'm not talking about it anymore. <laughs> I, lo I was listening this morning to a video of yours and you said, you know, I spent 20 years in psychotherapy and realized that after 20 years, you cannot solve the solution of the mind at the level of the mind can't because the mind just wants to keep asking questions the mind just wants to keep working things out the mind is never satisfied it's not never satisfied it's like the it's like appetite appetite will never be satisfied its job is to eat and the mind's job is to think is to question is to analyze and so and this is what psychotherapy does it just keeps analyzing and analyzing and analyzing Nothing ever happens. It's just like a merry-go-round. Exactly. So you have yeah, to reach so you have the to level of the soul. You have to reach the level of soul to actually penetrate the mind. And I say to my clients, because I deal with this all the time with my clients, you know, put the put the ego in the back seat. Don't resist it. Don't hate it. Just just make the high self drive the bus. The ego is the passenger, <laughs> not not the driver. Well, easier, for a lot of people, it's easier said than done. And yeah. And it's because we don't learn some key things. Like, don't believe what you think. That's a key one, you know? If you, we just taught people, well, don't I would, believe I what you say, think. Well, I would say, rather than don't believe what you think. <laughs> Question say, it, you know, like. I would say, don't believe your negative thoughts. Like, don't believe your negative thoughts. Cause, yeah, but I would also say, don't believe some of your positive thoughts, because they could be delusional. Like what? Well, like, everything's fine. And I have a totally heart-centered connection with my son, and he would never, ever lie to me. That's a delusion that serves me to think that I've done a great job parenting. But that's not the truth. The truth is he, in fact, would lie to me and deceive me. He did. I ignored it. So we can believe a whole lot of things that aren't true. Mm -hmm. Because it's more convenient than facing the truth. Yeah, I wouldn't look at it like that. But um, yeah, so it's a, this we, process of get, discernment. We think we get to create our own truth. You know, like thinking that someone's not going to lie to you, anyone's going to lie to you. It's your human nature to protect yourself. Um, maybe that is delusional thinking that people won't lie to you. But as an it empath, is. as an empath, you know when people are lying to you. Well, you can feel it if you tune into it, but you can yeah. also make up stories. I only say this because I made up a lot of stories for a lot of time. Yeah. I made up all kinds of stories about, you know, and, and here, here it is. It's not exactly a story because at some level it's totally true. Like, for example, I think we've talked about this before where it's the ability to see the good in people. It's the ability to see who they could be at their highest good. Yeah. at their highest expression, I can see that in people. I can actually witness that in people and I see them. I see that layer of reality. 
what I often have to remind myself of is that's not true right now. Like they're not at that place. They could get there, but where are they really right now? Yeah, but it's but interesting. If I'm attached to that higher, if I'm attached to that, only want to see that, then I'm not being real. Well, you are being real because you're being real in a different dimension. You're seeing who they can be, and that's just as real as who they are not. But you, and if you want to go somewhere, you've got to know where you're going and where you are. And this, we're here to learn, right? We're here to learn and grow. So like if I'm looking at my son, I can see his soul. I, of course I can see his soul. I see his, his beautiful essence where he's perfect. He is perfect. He's a soul. We're all perfect there in that dimension. But in here, we're here to learn and grow. We're here to get from point A to point B. Like we've got specific lessons. We came in here to learn and we wanted to learn them. We wanted to experience it. We wanted to have that, that knowing. So it doesn't serve him or me for me to be going, oh, well, he's here. And that's what I've really done a lot in my life is go, he's here. He's perfect. He is perfect. But to be in service, I've got to be willing to face the truth in this moment. Okay. Yes, he's perfect. And he came here to learn a set of lessons. He chose me as his mother. He's here. You know, he's here. And I'm not even going to try and figure out the next step. I'm going to open and listen for the next step. Because I even know that I, I, I don't want to believe this. Yeah. I, want, I know that now. Don't believe this. Go, what is the, what's the clear knowing? What's the clear guidance? What's the next action? Because it might very well be something I, that I carry personality, don't want to do. Mm. Like I carry personality, don't want to kick my son out of the house. Yeah. yeah. I don't. You know, I was going through my struggles with my daughter. I kept asking, what do I do? Because the ego was like, I'm so, so slippery. I'm so sick of this shit. It was like, I'm fucking fed <laughs> up. I'm swearing like a up. <laughs> but that's what the ego was saying, right? Like I'm fucking over uh -huh. this shit. And so I'm just like, what do I do? And the guidance I, was, I, I received was just keep loving her. Just keep loving her. Just keep reassuring her. Just keep, she's behaving badly because she's believing her stressful thoughts. She's believing she's a failure. She's believing she's not worthy. She's believing that she's, you know, when she was inside relationship, she found out what dependence felt like and she didn't like it, right? Because she was very independent before that. And then she felt dependent on someone for her love, for her security, and she hated that. So... They just keep saying the reason she's treating you so badly is because she's believing her stressful thoughts. Your job in this is to remind her who she is, not who she is not. When you throw, you're being so bad, you know, you're lying to me. And like when you throw reality in their face, you just, you just affirm what they're thinking. Like I'm a failure. I'm useless. I'm bad. So it's not easy. You know, you want to defend yourself. You want to fight back. Yeah. And I, my guidance was just keep loving her. Just, and so I'm on the phone saying, just remember, I love you. I love you. And you've always got a place if you need it. And it was like almost hurting for me to say it because my ego was fighting and saying, that's not how you're feeling. Cause I was feeling angry and frustrated, but I listened to the guidance and she came through it and she came through it. And so I didn't say anything too negative like I wanted to say you know those things that you say when you're angry you so regret later on and yeah, I'm, really, uh, like, I'm really glad that I'm able to listen in the moment you know yeah. because I just looked at him and I 
you know, in the middle of it. And I just said, wow, what is this about? <laughs> Are you just trying to be defiant? And I was I'm feeling into that. And I'm like, no, he's not. It's not about that. He actually wants his freedom. And then I felt into my, like, what is my, what is it going on for me? And what's going on for me is I, I feel my responsibility to my, my little children that live in the house, that I am now their step parent and I'm holding a space for them to grow. I feel that that is my duty. And now this is like, these two are at cross purposes. They're not compatible anymore. And he, the fact of the matter is he's spending all of, all of his time over his girlfriend's house anyway. So it's not like this is a huge deal, you know, <laughs> except for it's just, it is a huge deal. So what was interesting was the conversation that unfolded was like, wow, I feel, what is this really? I feel that this is like, you're, you're really ready to be free. Is that true? And he said, hmm. I think it is true. I think I am ready to be free. I said, well, then maybe it's time for you to move out because I don't think you want to be constricted by this rule. Or you demonstrated you don't want to be constricted by this rule. He said, yeah, I really don't agree with that rule. I said, okay. Well, you can, you, I think you're free to be you, but not here. <laughs> you really... <laughs> Free to be who you are, but just not here because it's not compatible with this household. And, and I was really glad because that conversation didn't look anything like the conversation would have looked like with my mom. <laughs> no, that would never have been like that. It yeah. would have been some huge drama, terrible thing. Yeah. Now, at the same time, like there's still human stuff, right? So that part was very clear to me. That was like my, I really felt in my, what I would call my spirit mode, my soul mode, where I was really listening and I was tapped into that channel yeah. and I really knew in that moment what his soul needed and what my soul needed to do for him was to push him out of the nest. Yeah. The mother bird pushing the baby birds out of the I, nest. And I, and the last thing I wanted to do as, as me carry personality was do that. Cause I been very addicted to my son. Like I, he's my firstborn. He and I went through so much when I left my marriage, like we're just like, I did the mistake of becoming my, my son's buddy, you know, like I really love my son. So, um, you know, I really am aware of all that stuff. And so Carrie personality really didn't want to do that. Cause I like my friend, you know, and I knew it was going to put a kink in our friendship. So I had to like do that to him, but Carrie soul and Carrie mother knows that that's what he needs. And I trust spirit's guidance that, What's going to happen is he's going to go on his journey and he's going to do uncomfortable things that I really wish he wouldn't do Yeah. because he needs to do it and learn. And then when that. he wakes up, hopefully sooner than later, hopefully before he's 35, maybe even in his mid-20s, he'll come back and there'll be a new relationship that we can form that's based in a whole different space. It's not based in me coaching him. Like I, I can't, he's my kid. Like I can't be his coach. You know, I can... I can mentor him if he's willing to listen, but most times, are you really ever listening to your parents? Usually not. Like that's the last person that you want to take guidance from. And so even though I'm this mentor and I do all this work for lots of clients who love it, <laughs> I got to step out 
with him. He is going to be, he's going to find his own path, his own mentors. He's got guides. This is the part I want to bring up now. So I started becoming aware of this unique relationship that we have as parents with our kids. When I realized I needed to step off the triangle of disempowerment. And as I was stepping off the triangle of disempowerment energetically, like it was actually something we did with our school, I was realizing, but I can't protect him. What's going to happen to him? If I'm not there to save him, he might, you know, die or all these terrible things. And that's, I had this moment of clarity where my guides told me, Carrie, you know that you have a soul team, right? I'm like, yeah, I've got, I've got a whole spirit team. Like I got lots of players on my team. I got a lot of support. They're like, why would he be any different? Oh, <laughs> it's like this, like, ding. Oh, he has a soul team. Okay, it's not about me. I'm. I was just like the the physical mentor to get him going, and then for whenever he needs to check in. That's it. That's my role, and it's really different than the codependent role that I experienced with my own family. Um, probably a lot because I was afraid as a kid. I was very afraid of things mm. um, from my early beginnings, you know? Mm. It's just, it's a really different relationship. I didn't, I didn't leave home like that. Like I went to four-year university and I came home during the summers and my room was still there and that comforted me. I had my same room and he's a different kid. He's not like that. He could, he was so excited. He was actually... I was shocked. He was excited. I was like, you're excited? And then it kind of hurt my feelings, you know? <laughs> I was like, you're excited? <laughs> okay. Oh, darling, I'm navigating the ego and the higher self. It's <sighs> such a fun ride, isn't it? The ego, no. <laughs> the, ego, the ego does like to shout. But, I, you know, like I say to my clients, just feed it cookies and just pat it on the head and say, there, there. It's like a screaming child, you know, just wants to shout at you. Just say, calm down, little ego. Like the ego is a part of us that does want to try and control and protect and fix and heal. Because as you say, you know, they've got a team, a spiritual team as close to them as breathing, as Francis Ray would say, that is uh, guiding them as well. You know, it's just so interesting how we forget this. I remember when, my when Annika was about 11, I started to go out of the house and leave her alone. And I started to feel really guilty as a mother. You know, my role as this mother is there to be protected, single mother. And she said, why are you stressing, mum? And I'm like, I'm feeling guilty because I think that it's not right to leave an 11 or a 12-year-old alone in the house. I should be there with you 24-7. She said, you believe in angels, right? And I go, you know, I do. She said, don't you think they're looking after me? And I'm like, oh, damn. <laughs> you know, like she just throw my own wisdom back in my face. And, yeah. But, you know, when she's going through her drama, she forgot about her angels, let me tell you. We do. We do, but though. When you're in your negative energy, you just completely forget about the help, the non-physical help that's there right in front of you. You completely can't see it. Like you say, you're in a tunnel. You can't see. You're in a tunnel, and I feel like you almost have to go through that tunnel. I know that not everybody has. I've heard, I've definitely met people and heard stories of people who are like, oh, I was awake my whole life. I always knew this. I think those people are incredible because that's not the story I had. Like I, I was unconscious for like a good part of my life, even though I was trying to figure it out, you know, 
Um, There was part of me that I would feel from time to time that knew that this was all sort of an illusion. It wasn't really real and it was made up and I was somehow facilitating making it up. I, there's always a part of me that knew, but then I would really get lost in the drama. You know, I would get lost in all of the, the karmatic stuff that I had to clean up, I guess, in this lifetime. And I still don't have all of the, the clear, you know, hundred percent insight all the time. For whatever reason, my soul has decided that I don't need to have that right now. You know, so I get these, these moments of total clarity. And then I have a lot of like, uh, I don't know. And so I had to go, let it go. I don't, I don't, think, I don't know. Unless you're some amazing guru sage that's here to, I don't know, bring humanity into a lot. I don't know. I don't think any of us have, and we're not supposed to have the whole picture. It's kind of like, it's kind of like seeing, going to the movie and seeing the whole movie laid out in front of you, plot, beginning, middle, end, before you That'd go, be and, before you live through it. You know, you don't want the, the element of surprise and uncovering and discovering and revealing that revealing, you know, life is about revealing who you are, not saying in one clump, now know it. Because there wouldn't be, you know, there wouldn't, it's not over till the fat lady sings. Like, you know, it wouldn't be a life unless there was that revealing. And uh, it's, I think that life is enjoyable when you enjoy the, the not knowing so that you can have the revealing, like that, that uncovering, that discovery, that... Um, or even be the creator, you know, that create to see your creations come alive, be it negative or positive, but to see how you are creating. I love that because, you know, that's realizing that you are the star of your own movie and that that movie <laughs> has been scripted in many ways for you, right? There's key moments that for you and by you, <laughs> for you and by you. <laughs> And, you know, if you're, when you're getting those realignments, you know, towards your highest destiny, well, you've got to accept those realignments and trust that those realignments actually need to happen. And if you're in truth with yourself, you can see how the realignments were necessary. Yeah. You know what I think is our highest destiny? Years ago, you, you were talking about you did the firewalking. You know, years ago, I did that too in Hawaii. I love it. And I think it was called Date with Destiny. And, you know, the thought then, like 20 years ago, the thought is that there is a destiny out there waiting for me. So there is this future timeline. And that I find is a very stressful thought. Because then we start to think, I have to be the person in order to manifest that destiny. It's all a thought of a future. And I think that the destiny is the realignment. The destiny is the now moment, the, the alignment in the now moment. That's the destiny because it really doesn't matter what you're living. If you are in that alignment with source energy, in that pure joy and bliss, you don't need anything to come to you to make you feel good because you're there. You're, you're there. So whether you're inspiring a million people, saving the world, saving yourself, saving your son, I don't know, whatever turns you on, whatever you're doing, skiing a mountain, making love to a lover, it's unnecessary to even desire or want it because you're already in the vibration that you're calling forth. And then from that vibration that you align with in the moment, 
you get to pick and choose whatever you want to create, whatever you want to do. So the destiny is in the now, I think, which is something I didn't understand when I spent, uh, you know, four or $5,000 going to Hawaii doing a date with destiny course <laughs> and walking on fire. <laughs> It was well, a lot of fun. Right? Is a life shifting. That's a, a life shifting event right there because yeah. you you can really see the interplay and how fear operates in your life by doing that. That's the point of doing that exercise. But yeah. oh, it was a lot of fun. I learned a lot. I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I think that it's you know it's really uh, the question I often ask myself is how do you want to be like being how would you be and feel wonderful like how would you be and feel fulfilled what's the feeling that really turns you on like what's the how is it feeling sense that you want to experience and what are you know what are some things that you think might get you there is an interesting thing to ponder but the more interesting question is you know dear spirit please surprise me with all the ways that I could have this feeling and more. And whenever I've asked that question is when amazingness happens. Like when I step into the void and I just let it all go and I say, well, I'm kind of like, you know, this caterpillar going into the cocoon and saying, all right, I'm going to completely dissolve. And then you're going to show me who I am because creator, you made me. So show me what's possible. I want to know. What do you, what did you intend when you created me? What is it that is possible for me? Yeah. And when I go fearlessly into that place and I go, okay, it's going to be awesome. Trust the creator. When I do that, it usually is pretty dang amazing. Like beyond what I could have imagined myself. Mm. And I probably wouldn't have owned it either if I'd have had to think about that, that possibility wouldn't have come to me because I wouldn't think I would be capable of that. Beautiful. I love that. So what you <laughs> are doing with your life is that having come through the fire, the, you know, the Phoenix from the Oh, and, so much Phoenix and ash. <laughs> and, and being someone that was um, in therapy for 20 years and then resorted to the pills to make you feel good, you created a program called Skills Not Pills. Now let's talk about that. Yeah, so Skills Not Pills movement is my first movement in the world that Spirit invited me to, to bring. And really the purpose of it is not to shame people, you know, for taking the pills. It's to create awareness. It's to create awareness that we've, got a, we've developed a mentality that says, I can take a pill and get and forget about this problem and not really mm -hmm. deal with it. Mm -hmm. That can be an easy solution to mm -hmm. something mm -hmm. and that I don't have to be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And the message from the guides is, in fact, that is um, obstructing progress on this planet mm -hmm. because people are not feeling. Have you ever been on those pills? You don't, you know, you take, um, anti-anxiety, anti-depression medication, mm -hmm. it's almost like it puts a glass wall between you and the rest of the world. So you're not able to feel at the level that would require, be required if you were going to be, you know, in oneness, for example. It puts you in a place of separation. It puts mm -hmm. you in a place behind a glass wall where you feel alone and separate. 
and where you're really alone and separate from your own self, from your own feelings, from your own experience. And that's really the point of that, those drugs, right? To disconnect you from your feelings so that you don't have to experience them. So that is a problem if our goal is to create oneness and ascend the planet and create harmony among all the people that live on this planet so we can actually start taking care of the planet. Mm. You yeah, know, I was so. having a discussion with someone the other day, I went for a walk, and she revealed that she was on antidepressants. And I was like, really? I've actually never taken them, so I can't say what they feel like. But she was saying, but you don't understand. I can't function when I'm not on them. And um, I don't know how to come back at that because she said that it just gives her, it just takes the edge off her life. You know, my, my rebuttal is always, well, your negative emotions is showing you about the beliefs that you believe about who you are that are not true. And it's actually feedback. And what you're trying to do is dampen that feedback. It's actually speaking to you and you're just saying, I'm not listening. And she's kind of like, yeah, but I can't function unless I'm not on them. What would you say to somebody like that? Well, so what I would say is, what skills are you implementing in your life? For example, are you grounding? Are you shielding your energy? Are you having discernment about the thoughts in your head? Are you uh, cutting cords with people so that you're not the source of someone else's energy, which can yeah, be very is, draining? This uh -huh. is somebody that is not involved in that sort of conversation. She's you Yeah, know, see, she, that's, that's she where we're at, though. She works with a Catholic church. She's staunchly religious. And um, she's mm -hmm. one of my neighbors. And, you know, she is not involved in a, a new age kind of conversation because she, she gets a lot of it from me and she listens patiently, but I can feel her resistance because she has her dogma and her belief that, you know, she, it's like her, it's her Bible, you know, it's her Bible, it's her blessed, that's where she is. It's so interesting that people that, these very religious people that are so attached to their religion and their dogma and, and yet it doesn't help them navigate their life. It really doesn't. And it can, yeah. you know, it often disconnects them from the thing that could actually make it all better. So for example, the planet, the planet is a source bigger than you and trees are connected to the planet. And a lot of people don't spend any time around trees. When a simple, simple exercise to try for a week to see if it makes any difference. I always encourage people to just run an experiment. Don't believe me. You know, don't believe anything I say. Go run an experiment. Be a scientist. And every day for 15 minutes, go stand barefoot on the earth and just imagine you're sinking a root way down into the earth. Or sit with your back against a tree and close your eyes and breathe for 15, 20 minutes, once a day. And just notice, when you get done with that, do you feel calmer? Yeah. Do you feel less anxious? Cheaper you know, than antidepressants. And then go look up some research because science is actually demonstrating that if you spend 15 minutes on the earth, your mood will change dramatically. This isn't a matter of woo-woo. This isn't a matter of your religion or my religion or my belief or your belief. This is science. If you spend 15 minutes a day on the earth connecting with the earth, your mood is going to improve because your magnetic resonance is going to get back into harmony with the resonance of the earth. Yeah. 
And when you're back in resonance with the earth, you don't feel alone. Mm. Mm. It's funny. You know, if you're not alone, you don't, your survival instincts don't get triggered. Yeah. She is a gardener. And we were saying the other day that that's her therapy, you know, being in the garden. There you go. Okay. So how can people get involved in your skills, not pills movement? Well, so they can visit skills, not pills movement.com. Right. Which is going to be live any day now. And they can go to the Facebook group and the Facebook page and like it there. And they will learn about my skills I'm teaching as well as part of that, which is butterfly medicine. Butterfly it's all about, medicine. Yeah. I'm teaching butterfly medicine, teaching how to, you know, fearlessly go into the cocoon and peel away all the things that don't serve you, dissolve and evolve. Beautiful. <laughs> it's fun stuff fun stuff any last wisdom you'd like to leave with people before we wrap it up well i would just say that uh it's good to cultivate a practice a spiritual practice of your own so that you can start tapping into your own guidance from your higher self and your guides whether they're angels or jesus or whoever you know that you can actually get your own guidance and go direct so that you don't need to rely on someone else for that because it's a foggy mirror. You know, mm -hmm. it can be a really foggy mirror trying to have somebody else interpret for you and you're a very wise and clear channel. You know, you've done this for a long time, but you know, not everybody is. So, you know, well, this is you know got to be careful. Interestingly enough, you know, the guidance I give people is exactly what you're saying because people, you know, ring me up for a reading or connect and I'm like, I was with a client yesterday who contacts me often and I said, you're going to hate me because I'm just going to keep asking you, you know, the, the answer to that question. You know, we it was a fabulous conversation because we love having that conversation about the mind because she has such a powerful, creative uh, and curious mind that gets her in all sorts of loops you know like tunnels or whatever you say and so i the whole conversation was she said well tell me about this and tell me about that and i said well what would your guidance say <laughs> <laughs> well we see we want the pill we want the quick and believe me folks i want it too i'm not i'm in the same place i find myself in that place where i'm like can you just give me the answers <laughs> yeah <laughs> but well you know if we can just switch ourselves into this into the idea of we're solving our own puzzle yeah. And our puzzle is not like anyone else's puzzle. It's a unique puzzle. There are no two puzzles alike. Some people will have a piece of their puzzle that resonates with us. And if we plug it in, it's like, oh, great. Thank you. You gave yeah. me a piece of my puzzle. Yeah. But you've got to, you know, this is where it takes skills. That this, is, this can be a fun journey if you can allow it to be a puzzle and a game and be curious. Yeah. It can end up being a fun thing. Even in the difficult parts, it can be a fun experience. So, and that's what we're here to do, right? We're here to encourage that. We're here to remind people because, like, when you're when you're in the challenge, you forget about the fun, right? You just forget about the fun. You know, like, I posted. So I was um, oh, somebody connected with me on Facebook this morning, and I looked at her page, and she posted. She said she loved Bruno um, Bruno Mars, Bruno Mars, and there was Bruno Mars doing this funky dance. And it's just like, just remember to, remember, you know, remember life is a dance. Like it's just, it was so cool just to 
even in the challenging times, remember to keep dancing. <laughs> oh, and we better keep dancing in 2018 because I'll tell you, she's already shown us who she is. <laughs> you she's, better get jiggy with it. Yeah, get jiggy <laughs> with it. Get jiggy with it. Get jiggy with the broken uh, plumbing. Get jiggy with the. <laughs> Your son moving out, your mom, son's being, your dad died. I mean, like, just get jiggy with it because get jiggy with it. here it comes, baby. Like, it's not going to stop. This freight train is going. It's a move. It's no stopping this freight train. Absolutely. No stopping the ascension. <laughs> oh, darling one, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been a delight. It's been beautiful. And I know lots of people will get a lot from your beautiful wisdom. Thank so you, thank Karen. You. Appreciate it. And um, we've, uh, so kerryhummingbird.com is your website. I'll have it underneath too. And Skills Not Pills. It's not Skills Not Pills Collective. It's Skills Not Pills Movement. Movement. Beautiful. Thanks a lot, honey. Thank you. Bye for now. Bye. Thanks for joining me for another show, Accentuating the Positive with Karen Swain. Isn't Kerry gorgeous? Just gorgeous. Uh, skills Not Pills. You know, this is not a passive show, Accentuate the Positive. I really want to hear your guidance. So maybe under the YouTube, you can pop in some of your skills instead of pills for everybody to see. We're all teaching each other. We're all reminding each other back home, the way back home. The way back home is the way back to the love that we feel, the love in your heart, the bliss feeling good again, the feeling positive, the high vibration. That's what we're all doing here. We're all reminding each other back home. So what are some of your skills that put you back on track? Put them underneath in the uh, comments section. I'd love to hear from you because, you know, everyone's looking for a skill. How do I feel better? How do I get what I want? The questions. How do I raise my vibration? How do I be part of the shift? How do I be part of this ascension? So it would be great to hear from you next month or this month because it's March already in the inner sanctum in a couple of weeks, we have the wonderful Swami, the orange cowboy who I've had on the show who will be presenting in the webinar series. So we have a monthly webinar series, which I call the inner sanctum. It's for members only for people who want to speak to my guides and help me connect them to their guides and also I invite a guest teacher every month to come and share their wisdom to my little tribe. So people get to meet them and ask them questions and we have a beautiful conversation. And I have to say the Inner Sanctum this year has been just invaluable because a lot of people have uh, expressed a lot of challenges this year and armed with deliberate creation, armed knowing that they can feel good no matter what, no matter what the diagnosis is from the doctor, no matter if the money goes away, no matter if the job goes away, no matter if anything happens, they're armed with their powers of being deliberate about how they feel and how they perceive their life. And I'm so proud of some of my little tribe who are doing just so amazingly in being powerful, genius, deliberate creators because it's been a challenging year. It's challenging me. It's challenging everybody in that we're being asked to really step up and and know our powers of uh, deliberate creation, our powers to choose thought, the power to choose thought. I think it was Napoleon Hill said is a spiritual power, more powerful than superstition, more powerful than dogma, more powerful than conditioned beliefs. The power to choose a thought, the power to change your mind, the power to think differently 
is where it's at. It's God's power here on earth. That's who we are. We are God's incarnate. We are an extension of source energy, having a physical life experience. And that power of the creator is to create a different vibration. We're creating different ideas. We are the creator. We can create how we think and feel. That's the power of you and that's the power of me. And we all need to remind each other of that power because you know what? Sometimes we forget. So come and have a session with me if you need reminding. I call my sessions reminders from home and it's your guides talking to you. It's my guides talking to you. They really talk to both of us because just like you, I'm a human having a, you know, I'm a soul having a human experience. And so my sessions are for you and for me. As, just like the shows, they're for you and for me, reminding us all the way back home. Thanks again for watching and love you all. Lots of blessings. Mwah. Bye for now. We are the love, we are the love we give. Thanks so much for joining us for another enlightened conversation on Accentuate the Positive. If you would like spiritual guidance from my guides, Blissful Beings, go to karenswain.com for a reading or to listen to more enlightened thought leaders share their wisdom go to the listen page on karenswain.com and choose who you want to listen to all the podcasts are also available on itunes remember to check us out on facebook twitter instagram pinterest you name it we're there until next time bye for now if you feel like that's what you want